Welcome once again to Not Playing with Lex and Dan. He's Dan. And he's Lex. And we are here to not play. <laughs> no, there's work to be done. This show would be a lot shorter if we just didn't watch the movies. <laughs> the work that we're doing today is watching movies. As you know, here on Not Playing, Dan and I watch movies that one or the other of us hasn't seen. Maybe both of us haven't seen. But that most of the rest of the movie watching world has. And this week, we are watching a movie that Dan, Dan knows oh so well. I actually can't speak to how well Dan knows it, but I know he's seen it. I, I was going to say, I've maybe seen it once or twice. <laughs> I won't say I know it too well. I believe I've seen between uh, zero and two scenes from this movie. But the movie, of course, as you know from seeing the episode title, is Top Gun. I, I need to ask you, Lex, are you ready to enter the danger zone? <laughs> What's the path there? Is it a an avenue? Is it's it a, a, it's a, a boulevard, street? boulevard to the Side danger zone. to the danger zone? Yeah, it's a uh, which we call it a frontage road. <laughs> I'll tell you. Uh, I'll tell you what I know. Please, do. Uh, we are carrying over Tom Cruise from uh, last episode's risky business. Boy, is he heavy! <laughs> I I think this is still early career Tom Cruise. I think this is one of the you know along with risky uh, like a career defining film for him. I uh, believe his co star is Val Kilmer, a pre Batman Val Kilmer, and I think I don't know any other cast member. But Top Gun, no other cast member. Okay, do you have any idea what is I just I went to look up the year and I IMDb'd Top Cruise. <laughs> That's nothing. <laughs> he is a Top Cruise, he is in my tight, opinion. He, well, he's one of the few. Uh, do you know, I think is the important question, do you know anything else about this movie? Uh, I believe. I know the following things. I know they are going to fly military jets. I yep. don't know if that means we're in the Air Force or the Army or the Navy. I'm assuming. It's the Air Force, but I don't know. I don't know and haven't looked up if uh, this was a movie where the U.S. military provided some funding and it's in secret ways like a subconscious infomercial for joining the U.S. military. I believe there is a volleyball scene that mm-hmm. some consider mm-hmm. to have almost homoerotic undertones, <laughs> if you will. Yeah, sure. I know that Highway to the Danger Zone is in it, but I only know that because you referenced it. I wouldn't have remembered it otherwise. Oh. I feel like there's another song that's a classic song in the movie. and I There feel is like, another song, yeah. I also feel like there's like a... Uh, a lovely female love interest that uh, of note, but I cannot for the life of me think of who it is. Okay. All right. Uh, those are all good things. I to think know. that they both fly. I think they have nicknames for each other. I mean, it's yeah, sure. <laughs> you could call Ace. it that. <laughs> I don't know. That's right. That's right. I, I really, I feel like I know nothing else about it. No, okay. Just nothing. All right. I also, I, I will freely admit to having like, not anxiety. That's definitely overstating, but I'm, I'm thinking about like, as you know, sometimes when we've watched Star Wars movies, and I feel like mm-hmm. probably in many ways Top Gun is just another Star Wars movie. Uh, but in Star Wars movies, sometimes like in when they're doing I don't those, know if that's insulting, but I feel like it is. It was just dumb. But like in some of those cockpit view scenes, which I imagine we're gonna have a bunch of. Oh yeah. Like that, I don't always know what the hell is happening. Like there's just it's like cut, 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 and like they're zooming, and like, and so I, I don't know how much that's going to be a thing. I feel is maybe there's an aircraft carrier, which makes me think. I don't know. I don't really know which branch of the military does what, sure. but I feel like there's aircraft carriers. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I will say I remember getting called by a, I think it was a naval recruiter when I was in high school. You know, when you're looking at college, I don't know even know where they get your names for these things. It's not like I had signed up for it anywhere. And well, I've I, heard you have a great naval. <laughs> thank you. I spent all the time gazing at it, yeah. and. 
I ended up being on the phone with this guy. I felt it was as a teenager, like I was very self-conscious about like, I didn't want to be rude. And this guy had called me and everything. And like, I felt like I had all that effort. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to hang up on him or be rude or be dismissive. Like I would today. (laughs) And I spent like 10 minutes talking to this guy and he's like asking me a bunch of stuff. And I eventually think it came somehow. Like we got to the point, like we had been talking for a while. And then I, I think he asked me about health things. I'm like, oh, well, I do have asthma. He's like, oh, you can't be in the Navy then. And that was the end of the phone call. <laughs> I was like, well, if I'd known that, I would have opened with it. I'm so sorry. It feels like it must have been a, a disappointment for you that you couldn't do it. Yeah. Oh, you, you know, I think I know one other thing. I believe there's a sequel, like, and in, in maybe COVID-delayed sequel, but, like, they're making another... That is true, yes. I think it's this? it was okay. supposed to come out last year, I believe, and it is. Uh, it should come out. I guess this year. I don't know when it's been delayed till, but yeah, it was a COVID delayed indeed. So there you go. Goose. That's my guess. Goose is popping into my head as I, I'm, I'm literally so. This is fascinating. I love watching the like neurons firing. Well, that's just, this is, this is barely, I mean, let's go ahead and say it's not even related to the, the show or movie at hand. But uh, some time ago, I read a first person article by a contestant who had done very well on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And he talked about how sometimes when he didn't know the answer, but he felt like he could know the answer, he just repeated keywords from the question in his head over and over again to try to get, and he, this guy was like a neuro scientist or something I'm, I'm sure i have every fact for this wrong but he was just repeating the words over and over again to try to get neurons to fire and find relations and so i'm just thinking about top gun and J- maverick <laughs> there it is but so i believe we got goose and maverick but i couldn't tell you who's who and i could also be wrong about one or both of those that's pretty good i'm, I'm impressed with yeah. the uh the level that you're you're digging deep there for i i'm I trying think i you know what it, it doesn't matter you don't have to try that hard because we're gonna watch the movie and then yes. you'll be fully informed it's just a bummer that uh, our, our fans, our listeners can't watch along with us, Dan. What a disappointment that is. I mean, social distancing requirements still in place in certain places, mm-hmm. and um, it's very warm in my office right now, so they probably, oh. that would only make it toastier. Wait, hold on. Oh, I've well. got an idea, Lex. I'm listening. What if we record ourselves while we're watching the movie, like, like a kind of like a commentary track? The heck you say? Do you think we could do that? We, I'm confident we could pull that off. They'd never let us release it, though, right? I mean, that that seems ridiculous. I feel like if we were going to release that, that's something that people should pay for. Oh, well, that's, that uh, that sounds think. interesting. Perhaps we could work something out with our fine uh, network pals at The Incomparable and uh, tie it into their membership program. That sounds like a pretty good idea. I think we could do that. So if you you know signed up at theincomparable.com slash members and you said, uh, I want to I wanna be a member, I could, you know, hey, you could choose between uh, plans that start at low as $5 a month. And maybe they'd be willing to throw in a bunch of extra stuff too, like uh, those bootleg tracks I keep hearing so much about. <laughs> or, uh, you know, those uh, extra bonus episodes of stuff that they record and sometimes don't release to the public. Anyways, we could put our commentary tracks in there and then not only would people get to support us, the fine people at Not Playing, but also uh, The Incomparable, too, which is great. And they'd get to hear us do a commentary for Top Gun. And I'll tell you. Which they could sync up. They could sync it up with their copy. Oh, I'm loving this. This is synergy. You guys get our shtick. You know we always do this. But <laughs> these commentary tracks, uh, people seem to like them. And uh, even if you're worried, oh, will I be able to sync it up? Yes, you will. And if you're uh, thinking, maybe I could enjoy that track without even syncing up. We know people do that. We call those people odd. But, but whatever works <laughs> but for we you, love them. We love them That's all right. the same. I hear if you listen to it with, uh, what is it? Like It's like the, the, the smart, smart speed. Smart speed, yeah. It's actually pretty quick. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and slightly infuriating if you're trying to watch along with the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that. Anyways, yeah. go over to theincomparable.com slash members, sign up, uh, or if you're already a member of The Incomparable, thank you so much, and consider uh, sending some money towards not playing. You can always reallocate where your, your membership fees go at any time. And we do it 60-40 to Dan. Oh, do we? That's news to me. <laughs> I have a good agent. Just tell Dan that that's true, everybody. Well, X, I have some news for you. Please. You have now seen Top Gun. Well, I will freely admit to you that, you know, as I mentioned at the start, I was like, I've seen a scene or two or three. I now believe, on retrospect, I have seen zero scenes. <laughs> by the way, Admiral T.J. Cassidy, played by Admiral T.J. Cassidy. I just thought you should know that. <laughs> nice. Rabbi is one of their call signs. This is Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ben Schneider, thanks. We appreciate it. Well, uh, so, yeah, we, we have seen it. I, I, I guess I liked it. I, uh, this, this is my thought. This is a movie I would never watch mm-hmm, but for mm-hmm. this podcast. For sure. It's yeah. just it's not my my genre. But I enjoyed it and it was much funnier than I expected. Yeah, I think it was hard to get away with a movie. I think it's first of all, I would classify this I guess as an action movie even though I think the dogfighting is not a big part of it. And certainly the dogfight where there's any real risk is fairly limited right it's kind of that right that first scene a little bit although some big risk happens <laughs> yes yes unintentionally but like it's yeah. not like a it's there wasn't supposed to be right like it's not like a war movie really because and that's the weird thing right like you're also in the in the 80s you know they still made war movies but you either had to sort of like make something up right like a like a speculative war that has occurred or it had to be something historical right like there wasn't really an ongoing like war happening so you get this weird thing where it's like sort of a war movie but it's also like predominantly not set against a war backdrop which i think is a a little bizarre but i would you know i think classifying action movies and doing those without having any sort of humor in them tends to not work very well if you have like the dead serious action movie at least for me so i think they do a nice job with the the humor here you know I think it is a significant movie. It's not a movie that I would put as like one of my favorites, but like it is culturally significant, I guess I would say. Yeah. No, I wouldn't say that it was particularly great. <laughs> like it was yeah. just, yeah. It, it felt to me not, not like this is a popcorn movie, right? Sure. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I don't always know what that term means, but in this case, I think that's exactly what it is. And it occurred to me as I was watching it that I've seen Hot Shots <laughs> and I loved <laughs> right. that genre of movie. And I feel like maybe now I would get more of it, but I think you're exactly right. Like the fight scenes, the, the action scenes in the air don't seem to be the focus. Like, obviously, that's probably what they spent the most money on and were the hardest to capture. But, like, it didn't feel like they were the point. And, frankly, as I was worried about before it started, it was hard for me to tell sometimes which planes were which or whose plane was Some of that, I think, is a function, too, of the era, right? Like, they were filming planes, but at the same time, like, the way you do that, I mean... I assume mostly, and and if we had Todd Vizieri, our pal, who does VFX stuff or something, could probably tell us more. But like, I assume a lot of this was filmed by other planes, right? And that's hard, I imagine. I imagine it is very difficult to, you know, figure out a way to continue, like, film these very fast planes when you are on other planes. And and then keep your sort of perspective and, like, the geography of where everything is, which I think is one reason that it's interesting to see potentially, we discussed beforehand, that they were doing... um, 
uh, a sequel of this. And obviously a sequel of this will be shot with, you know, modern technology in which I think there's a lot more possibility about what you can do because all the, the you know, CGI and VFX stuff opens up a lot more, right. a lot of options. So I would be interested to see how they pull that off and whether it would be easier to follow something like that when you can, you know, have more technology that, that helps you be more flexible. Right. And so, you know, I, I thought that this one, it felt impressively made and that it did a lot of things. As I was commenting to you, there were a lot of, uh, Tony Scott had a lot of, of very sharp close-ups. Right. <laughs> yes. I found that a little bit off-putting. Like it was clearly a stylistic choice and I don't know, fine. But uh, I, I thought that everybody did a good job. There was nobody who I thought felt like Val Kilmer is very Val Kilmerish, and I always find him a little bit odd in serious roles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but all of it felt like the characters were real. Yeah, well, everybody's <laughs> and, in the same movie, right? Like that's yeah. you. You definitely run into problems sometimes where it's like, oh, this person, they were not. They were off doing their own thing, and like. <laughs> they were not really playing ball with the rest of the cast or whatever, but it feels like everybody is perfectly at home in this movie, which, and I agree that sort of goes back to your previous statement about like, it's not that it's great, but it is very tonally consistent. And I think that helps its success a lot because you're never, you never really have a moment of thinking like, well, that was like, I can't believe that just happened in this movie. It totally didn't work at all. It's like, now everything is very, very even, very smooth. The storytelling is very consistent throughout. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard sometimes to really, I feel, if you don't know the movie already, if you didn't see it in its era, mm-hmm. it's hard to kind of evaluate a movie this long after it was released. Sure. Because some of it has become trope. And even though I don't, I didn't know what the story was, like, you know, moments or, or things that happen. But it, it felt like, I can't think of what the best word to use is, but it felt like well-made. Like it was an efficient film. Mm-hmm. It did what it set out to do. It didn't feel like it was longer than it had to be. Yep, and yep. It didn't feel trite. It was just like, here's this and here's these conflicts and here's these things. And Workmanlike, I think you could call yeah. it in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. Very professionally done too. Yeah. I didn't expect Anthony Edwards' character to die. Yep. That did no. surprise me. And I can't say I even 100% understand why he died. <laughs> Like, I understand why the plane had trouble, but I don't know what killed him exactly. They showed it. So there was a clip where he pulls the eject thing and he he hits the canopy as he's going up, basically. And I think essentially it breaks his neck because he, he shoots out in the ejection seat and he, like the canopy is still because it pops off beforehand and he basically like went right up into it. So, I see. Yeah, you don't do, do that. that. Nope. So it's an educational film too. Yes, exactly. If you're piloting an F-14... This is how not to do it. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that overall it is a, it is a well put together film and it's a film that I think to a certain degree stands the test of time because of that fact that it's just really, really well made, like just all the technical and the like, you know, acting roles and stuff like that. Everything's just sort of hits its mark. And I mean, as I'm looking at now, we watched it on, uh, on Amazon and it has, you know, 3300 ratings it has five stars right like it's, it's a movie that i think probably has a pretty good reputation it's not amazing and i think you pointed out as we watched there are some weaknesses the love story it's not the most convincing i mean it's fine right. but it's not it's one of those like, love stories that's not uncommon in film and maybe it's not a common in real life but it's like you're attractive i'm attractive we should yes. hook up like right. they have no reason to like each other beyond I like the way you look. And the, the, the script tells us that we are we are supposed yeah. to get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say I did not know about the singing. It, <laughs> I, I, that shocked me. I did not expect <laughs> to see Tom Cruise sing, and then he sang twice because yeah. he also sang um, uh, along with Anthony Edwards. Uh, 
uh, uh, Great Balls, Great of, Balls Fire. of Fire. Yep. And I was asking you as we watched, does Tom Cruise ever sing again on film? And I think no, and I think he makes the right choice. But it was, it, as we talked about last time, I don't love Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you try to separate the <laughs> the actor from the roles or right, whatever else. Right. But like, I find him just generally unlikable. But I thought that was likable because he's not great at it. And he was yeah. still willing to do it because his character is not supposed to be great at it. And I, I like I th- and I think, as I said last time when we watched Tom Cruise's movie, I think one of the things I enjoy the most about him is when he does something in a role and he's willing to poke fun at himself or, or do something that he is not great at. Or, as I said, watching a lot of the Mission Impossible movies, when he, like gets injured or does a, like a physical like bit or stunt that involves some, him looking kind of dumb. I, I always enjoy those moments because it shows that he does. I think he has a sense of humor about it, but I will say, more, you know, if nothing else, he is a, he is a guy who always seems to show up ready to work. And even if he is not a person, as we discussed last time, that has a ton of range, he always feels like he's professional. Like he's there to get the job done, right? Like, he doesn't strike me as somebody who phones it in a lot. Like if he's doing a movie, it's generally because he's like, yeah, I'm amped to do this movie. And like being yeah. being a super popular movie star, at least at this point, right? Not so much necessarily in that era, but this was certainly one of the films that made him a movie star. And he kind of was able to write his own ticket, I think, to a certain degree, a lot more than a lot of other actors uh, when it came to just being like, I'm just going to only do movies that I am really really interested in doing so yeah i think i think there's a uh all, everybody shows up to work in this movie um and i love that there are so many people in there who are like <laughs> you know names right like who weren't names at the time yeah. tim robbins is in there meg ryan is in there uh you know even kilmer was not big at this point right i think right. he'd only done a handful of movies so you know if nothing else top gun certainly spawned <laughs> a lot of yeah. other a lot of other popular actors. And apparently also spawned a, a relationship between uh, Anthony Edwards and Meg Ryan for a little while. So yeah. how about that? Wow. I was going to say, yeah, Top Secret, which was Kilmer's first, I think, or first big and movie. And a fantastic which, movie. Yeah, which was 84 and Real Genius was 85. So like this was right after those. And so. So that's interesting too because both of those movies are, are broad comedies. Yes, indeed. He's a, I, he is, is a far more uh, versatile actor i mean than yeah than cruise but yeah he's uh he's got his own strange peculiarities <laughs> yes it's I, I don't know there's i mean this also feels like it's still early in cruise's career but every well we've watched two tom cruise movies so far this season and both times he is supposed to be just irresistible <laughs> right 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 <laughs> And it, it, that's, I don't know, but, uh, which I point out just because I too find Tom Cruise irresistible, but I, and I really, I like this more than I expected to. It's not one that I feel like I have to watch again. And mm-hmm. I feel like I'm really curious. <laughs> this surprises me to even say, as I'm saying it, but I'm curious to see how the sequel that comes out at the end of this year, I guess, how that'll be and what the story will be. Do we because, think they're still together? <laughs> yeah. Like what, what do they think is the right thing? Cause sometimes right. you see a sequel and they try to make exactly the same movie and, and top themselves a little bit. Like the American pie movies were guilty of that. Pitch perfect was guilty of that. Fast and the furious. I don't even know what they try to do in those sequels, <laughs> despite having seen all of them. But like, are they going to think we have to have more crazy plane scenes or is it going to be, we have to have more, bro camaraderie like i don't know what they think the thing is that makes it because i don't know what people loved at the time exactly like right they hey, loved tom cruise's uh, stardom what things do you what things do you hearken back to or make reference to right like is there it, will he sing uh you've lost that loving <laughs> feeling again like i don't know but yeah it's a great point it's like what is especially with the sequels that come out you know in this case what 35 years later right like 
what has stood the test of time in this movie? What has made it hold up to the point where you're like, yeah, we can do a sequel to this 35 years later, knowing right. that all the people who were like really amped about this movie as teenagers probably are now in their 50s. You know, like, <laughs> is it nostalgia? Is it trying? But you also want to bring in a new audience. I think it's an interesting question. I mean, there have been a lot of these. There have been a lot of these movies that have then followed up on i'm thinking about stuff like um the blues brothers they did a one in what was it 2000 right like and at that point that seemed like a super long time 20 years i mean obviously star wars has had a big franchise and then uh tron i think they made they made that sequel like 30 odd years later it's weird it's a weird thing to do but you know no no idea ever really dies in hollywood i guess <laughs> yeah i just risky business too i think was a interesting choice um you know to have tom cruise slide <laughs> out there in his uh, underwear at uh yeah. almost 60 yeah i was grateful that yes that we got to see tom cruise in his underwear again and then i guess this is the second time now that we've watched an 80s movie that didn't feel particularly dated in terms of it's like wokeness or lack thereof <laughs> And so I'm impressed. Yeah, by there, that. there are there are a couple scenes. I mean, I think Kelly McGillis's character is fine. We'll we'll note uh, there's her and Meg Ryan, and the literally the only conversation that they have is about Maverick. So it's not yes, that it, it, does it doesn't pass, pass the Bechdel <laughs> test. Is not at all. I think Kelly McGillis's character is fine. I was hard She's pressed to remember. She's supposed to be smart as hell. We're yeah. supposed to be impressed by her. Like those things are good. Until the end, I, I had forgotten her name again, <laughs> which is basically yeah. But I will say the the. Probably the the edgiest, you know, they get in terms of, you know, uh, potentially crossing that line is the scene where he like, falls her into the bathroom. It's like, yeah, that's that's not great. <laughs> but overall, I think the the rapport and the relationship between them, its biggest sin is that it's more a little lacking in chemistry than anything. Uh, yes. More than it's like particularly a, a terrible example or something. But, you know, and I think this is one of the problems with military films of this era and before, especially, is, you know, there weren't women in many branches of the armed service or in certain parts of the armed services for a long time. I, I don't believe, and someone will correct me if I'm wrong, but I do not believe women were allowed to be fighter pilots at this point. I think that has changed, though I'm not 100% sure it's changed for all the armed services. So, you know, it's oftentimes a struggle to build a cast that includes uh, that sort of gender representation because it was not a fact of the life there. And therefore, you know, all the women that we see are spouses, basically, which I think if you made that movie today, you would probably have to figure out a way to do a little better about that. Yep, I think you're exactly right. But it's, uh, I, I do think that it did okay, right? As yeah. a movie of its era. Sure. Like, even trying to judge it by today's standards, it did okay. Not great, not perfect, yeah. but okay. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm glad to have seen it. I, I, I don't think I'll rush out to see <laughs> the sequel in the theater, but I'll, I'll undoubtedly stream it one day. When we do our sequels only season. There you go. There you go. I need to see the second and third Bill and Ted. <laughs> I, I have to say, I did enjoy the soundtrack. And looking back at it this time, I realized Harold Faltermeyer, who did the Beverly Hills Cop theme, did a lot of the music. And Giorgio Moroder, who I mainly know from, there's a Daft Punk song that's basically about him, did a bunch of the, the music as well. So, uh, plus you've got Danger Zone, Take My Breath Away, like, and then versions of Great Balls of Fire and You've Lost That Love and Feeling. There's a lot of, there's a lot of good music in this one, I have to say. I think I'm... 
I am pretty impressed with it. I'm going to actually, I'm going to disagree with you. I mean, oh. Those songs that you mentioned, I thought were good, but man, it's like extended remixes of these songs. Like you hear Take My Breath Away <laughs> That's true. nine That's times. That's it's fair. like, okay, I got it. There are other romantic songs. <laughs> I will yeah. say I enjoy the, the original band meant to record Danger Zone, apparently, was Toto. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been very different. Well, Dan, we've, we've seen a couple Tom Cruise movies. We can't possibly have more Tom Cruise on the list. Okay. I mean, if that's how you feel. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know, two. It's a weird number. I feel like if you're going to do something with a theme, you know, like they say, two is a coincidence, three is a trend. Maybe one more. One more? You got one more? While we were watching the movie, I asked you if you had ever seen A Few Good Men, forgetting that it was the next one that we're supposed to watch. <laughs> And just now I looked at the list and saw, oh, how about that? He has it. Because what I was thinking was, hey, Tom Cruise has played a military person more than once because of A Few Good Men. So I think that's the one we should do next, Dan, if that works for you. I think that sounds great. I'm looking forward to that one. Well, thanks for watching Top Gun with me. What should we do until next time, Dan? Well, until next time, Wax, we want to remind everybody listening out there, keep watching the planes. I will. I promise. You better. Someone should. The Red Top. Asthma anthem. That's <laughs> a little close to home. Thanks. Is this the other song that's famous in the movie? This is the other song that's famous in the movie. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who sings it. Berlin. It is Berlin. I looked it up beforehand. I'm quite feeling myself today. If this was a pub trivia night, you'd be all over it. If the category was Top yeah, Gun, that's right. <laughs>